Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hour is here. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. The crew is all here. The entire cast and crew from Outkick behind the scenes making it uh, happen for us. We are live at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Shout out to Becca Risley for making it happen for us this weekend. She posted a video of uh, me and PK and Armando Salguero. Just some quick reaction to the Saturday headline that Tom Brady, after 22 seasons and seven Super Bowl titles, was going to hang it up. Going to call it quits and and retire after uh, his 22nd season at the age of 44. And as we sat down to... This was Saturday afternoon. As we sat down to to tape our thoughts, quick 10-minute chat, Armando sent me a text that said, set me up for the, the fact that this may not be actually happening. So we chatted about that too. Adam Schefter and uh, Darlington both reported that Brady's going to retire. And the way I, I sense this going down is Brady wanted to control the story and so now we wait for the actual confirmation of it where NFL Network immediately jumped on it and started confirming and, and citing sources as well that Brady is going to retire. They, they jumped on top of the ESPN report from Schefter and then all the other outlets. I think Jason Lockenfora uh, Jason Lockenfora was probably fifth or sixth in line to confirm the story um, by reading the other reports and then confirming uh, per source uh, can confirm. And then the AP... The Associated Press had a story with Tom Brady Sr. denying that his son was going to retire, that had made the decision to retire. Bruce Arians and the Bucks quickly said they had not been informed. In fact, the only thing they knew was Brady wasn't close to actually determining whether or not he's going to retire. So, Paul, <laughs> as, uh, as we disconnected from our Zoom session on Saturday and started reading the new headlines that were out, what were you thinking? Because I'm thinking... Man, if Schefter gets this wrong, how do, who are we to believe anymore on anything related to the NFL? Can I, can I jump in, Paul, before yeah. you go on this? I haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Um, why are they reporting a retirement when it's not the player announcing a retirement? A retirement report is very odd on to, for Tom Brady. Almost like a death. A, a number of things. Now, the ESPN angle to this, okay? If anyone would know, it should be ESPN who Tom Brady has a relationship with, Mm -hmm. with his ESPN Plus show, Man in the Arena. ESPN Plus, you can go find it online. Their final episode is in production right now. Could be a good route for him to announce his retirement. But both these things don't make any sense. They have a relationship with Tom Brady. Why would they spoil the announcement to try to be the first to break a retirement story if they're trying to help their own product with ESPN Plus, and they already have a relationship with Tom Brady. So it's a very mixed message type deal. Part of me says, well, it is Darlington and Schefter, ESPN employees. Brady has a relationship with ESPN. They would probably know before he would announce it. The other part of me says, Tom Brady is now media savvy enough 
to release it how he wants to. And I don't believe that Tom Brady would want it released on a Saturday of championship weekend by Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter. He's going to announce it how he wants, when he wants. The whole thing is uncomfortable to me. And I'm not willing to say he's retired until Tom Brady says so. I don't disagree, but Darlington is close to people who are close to him. And Darlington gives it uh, credence to me. And if Darlington reports it, I, I think it's good. If Darlington reports it, I pull out my hundo. Oh. 20, 40. 60, Armando, are you watching? 80. <laughs> hundo. Paul's paying up. Because it's Jeff Darlington. I would hold on to that money, Paul. Refundable. No, it's re- oh, of course. If, if he plays, if he's not retired. goes the other way. Uh, All right, this will uh, pay for an Uber in L.A. when we get there next week. Uh, yeah, one. <laughs> one way also. Not not both ways, one way. They don't take cash. Um, <laughs> well, he'll put that in his account, then that'll that'll pay for it. For those not following along and for those listening, I just uh, gave Paul, Paul Chad, pays up. Uh, the 100 bucks that I owe him because I said Brady would play in Tampa and Aaron Rodgers would play in Green Bay. So uh, pay me back 105 with interest. Okay. So yeah. I would hold on to that money if I were you, Paul, and here's where I stand on this. I fully believe that Tom Brady right now wants to retire. Or feels like he is going to retire. We said this. Always always close to the season. Yes. You feel that way. I also think a month from now, if he hasn't officially announced it, the further we go along where he hasn't officially announced it, the closer we get to Tom Brady playing again for Tampa Bay. There is and one it's also why here, I think it's it's not that it's unethical. To me, it's just very odd that ESPN is rushing to announce Tom Brady's retirement, well, ESPN will rush putting to it on the ticker anything. throughout their basketball broadcast all day, making it like it's absolute fact. Well, and they're we not couching it at all. That's we, what's surprising. We haven't heard no. a, a thing from Tom Brady. They'll rush to announce anything because they want to win anything. But here's the thing. What's the date of the bonus? It's this week. It's February fourth, I think. He's due fourteen. But, but it's uh, so yes. He's it's it's more than that actually. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's somewhere around fifteen million dollars in a, now, in a that's roster not bonus. Written in stone. If he retires after that, he simply doesn't take the money or give the them way, the money back. Yeah, if he retires, he owes them some of the signing bonus. But it's a it's a prorated signing bonus is all that is. In reading into it, there was an initial report that said, well, it actually. It actually benefits Brady to stay on for another week because he's due millions from the Bucks if he's on if he's a part of the team by the start of February. But the way I read it, Paul, is he's getting that money either way. Yeah, it's, but he pays back a portion of it if he retires before the season starts. That's correct. Gotcha. There, there's so, no time factor with this. The headline he's getting of the that, same amount of money or giving the same amount of money back if he retires. The headline regardless. reads that it, it, he's getting a bonus, but the details of it make it seem as though he's paying them back something if he retires before the season kicks off. It's all... I don't think that's the reason. Look, at, now the biggest pushback came from Don Yee, his agent. Oh, and his dad. Uh, uh, well, his dad was vehement about it. His agent and the said <laughs> he con- will control the timetable. Well, the team didn't come out and say it. The team talked to a bunch of reporters who, who then said it. But Don Yee's name was on it. Tom Brady Sr.'s name was on it. Saying, you know, denying it. But this is, we've talked about this before, you know, back in the day when I was in a more competitive, like day to day beat relationship. You know, there's a certain reporter in town who would always be like, 
what you'd report a deal was done. He'd say, no, no, people are telling me the deal's not done. And then three days later, they'd say, oh, now it's done. Well, I, you know, I just, just don't, I don't think it's worth it. Like, I don't think it's worth well, it's it. It's like a death. You never want to be right. wrong on a death. But ever. also, it's not, even if they're, they're right, and in a, a month from now, Brady officially announces it on the season finale of Man in the Arena on ESPN well, Plus or, today. Or, or whatever, or if it's today, I just don't feel like it's worth it to break that news. That's Tom Brady's news well, we to will, break, especially if you are a media outlet with the relationship with Tom Brady. It's just weird that they would report it They'd run it on the ticker all day, that his agent would say it's not true, that his dad would say it's not true, that Tom Brady would remain silent for now 48 hours after this news breaks. And then have you Even pissed off Schefter and Darlington for the rest of but your life? But what's the risk-reward of it? I mean, we're going to look back on Jeff Darlington's career and said, that's the guy who broke Tom Brady's retirement announcement. He scooped his own, he scooped Brady's own announcement. It's weird to me. Yeah, if you have it, you break it. Well, here's here's the way it works. Here's why it could be done today. Brady hasn't talked on this. There, there's been no confirmation. And I was joking on Twitter this weekend because we're getting all these quotes from his dad, from his agent, from the Bucks. I said the only one who can actually confirm this is Giselle. That she's the one that he continues to point to as one of the main factors for why he will retire now, coming off one of the best seasons he ever had, where he led the entire league this year in touchdown passes and yardage. Um, if we hear from her and she denies it, then we know he's not retired officially. But joking aside, um, he's he's going to be a part of his, his weekly podcast tonight. He is going to be on the show with Jim Gray, the Let's Go podcast. And it's brilliant by him and for the TB12 brand where he doesn't speak on all this news. We've been discussing it for the last two days, and there's speculation that it may not be true, even though everyone is adamant from the media perspective that he is going to hang it up after 22 seasons well he's going to Jim Gray's going to ask him about it tonight on his podcast which is going to be circulated constantly throughout the news cycle tomorrow and throughout the week and while I don't think he retires on a podcast recording he's going to address it in some way and according to the Bucks he had recently called them right before the report came out let's say right before like a day before and told Jason Light that he had yet to make, a, make, make up his mind on what he was going to do is, All of this is very interesting to me because most of the time you'll get like a word or two, Paul, that will allow a report to have an out, Yes. right? And the bottom line scroll that Chad's mentioned, I saw the same thing and he's right. They are all in on this. Brady to re, Brady's going to retire, you know, breaking news. Tom Brady set to retire. Retires after 22 seasons. Yes. It was, it was said in the... expected It was retire. written in the affirmative I, throughout uh, on I, that report. Selfishly, I want him to play and continue to play based on what we've seen. Um, I also think it would be in typical GOAT fashion to have this come out and for him to use it as a middle finger... And say, so, you know what? I'm not done. They I've, still, I've still got a lot left here. They're trying to bury me. I hope America I'm alive. holds, if he does play, how about you actually hold Adam Schefter to it and Jeff Darlington <laughs> instead of just let them move I mean, on to I, the next thing? Nobody ever holds them to it on the occasions I, that they're wrong, which are few and far between. Most of the reporters, is, though, are saying that it's it true. It. He just hasn't announced it yet because he wants to do Doesn't it on his like own timetable. Time. This is one that I, I usually don't root for the downfall of someone's livelihood. But I hope they pay professional prices for this i hope that they pay for this 
both Darlington and Adam Schefter. If they're wrong, yeah. And and they can't come. What are they? What's their response? Oh, he retired internally, and then he changed his mind. <laughs> he hasn't told the team, right? He hasn't told his agent, or at least his agent's denying it. It's just, it's weird. Well, I thought, and I Don, guess Yee, if, if I thought he, Don Yee was the most, um, uh, how, how do we say this? Uh, the PR with Don Yee was perfect because he, he, he didn't deny it and he didn't confirm it. He just said, in typical Brady fashion, he will announce this on his own timetable. T- time he didn't just, say yes or no. There needs to be uh, – these guys are going to be employed. I'm not saying they're going to lose their job forever and not get a, another job, but there needs to be some public response to this where their credibility takes a big hit because, A, it's very odd to try to break a 22-year vet who is maybe the greatest football player of all time to scoop his own retirement announcement – when your media company has a relationship, a money relationship with that player, to do that to him, I don't. I think it's unfair to Brady, quite frankly. If he's talking to people close to his family about it, let him announce it on his own terms. Brady's silence is also uncomfortable on this. And if Jim Gray gets the scoop tonight on this podcast, is Jim Gray the most underrated sports journalist of all time? Well, what scoop is he going to get? With what he's been around? If I'm saying if on the show that Jim Gray somehow hosts with Tom well, he Brady, and Brady are buddies. Yes, but Jim it's Brady's Gray, podcast. Jim Gray get, gets the LeBron James announcement that I we're know, still but talking about today. If he tells Jim Gray tonight he's retiring, he, Jim Gray. But I'm saying Jim. Oh, Jim Gray has done a good job being in the news, interviewing Pete Rose. No, that Jim we all Gray remember. is good, but if he gets Tom Brady tonight to say that he's retiring, he's confirming what these guys reported two days ago. But Tom, and many, many think he's going to make up his mind in the next couple of days. That, that's the other thing that's out there is that he, on his timetable, wants to make something – he wants to confirm I, I don't, what he's doing I, in the next couple of days. I, I, sorry, I don't buy the report until Brady says it. I still disavow the report from this weekend. I will claim that he decided to, to retire on Monday and then, and then announce it then. I mean, I just it, – it's weird to try to break that news. I can't recall a time where someone's – Ben Roethlisberger's retirement wasn't scooped. He just said he was retiring this week. Well, Ben Roethlisberger. Can, can you can you remember a time it where was kind a, of known the whole season? Yeah, but can you remember a retirement announcement from the media that wasn't just the guy would, would immediately come back and say, "Yeah, I'm retiring." When yeah, when reached I, I for comment we, or they just announced it, I think we knew it? it was his final season, and then he confirmed it by saying, "This is my final game at home," and they had that big. And he ran laps around the stadium on Monday Night Football. Again, yeah, give me comparable. any player or coach that their retirement was scooped by someone and then that player or coach wouldn't respond or wouldn't say anything about their retirement. Uh, Just the, went silent. Off the top of my head, I can't think about That's one. what's so but, weird about this whole story But for you to, to say me. they shouldn't be reporting on this because they have a money relationship, that's a slippery slope because there's a whole bunch of other stuff they shouldn't then they shouldn't be reporting because they have a money relationship with. I don't like this. It's an uncomfortable situation and everything. If they have it, they've got to report it. I don't. I don't. That's think, why guys have to rush out announcements. I don't think they should do it as a set the timetable of their news. No, I don't think they should do this out of respect for ESPN and their money relationship. They should do it out of respect for Tom Brady. Nobody holds stuff out of respect for anybody. If you have the news, you get it out. That's the job. Well, what what, what so, happened? What I bet is this: someone is scooping, someone's delivering this information to them. The Darlington, and one of these sources that's denying it publicly gave it, fed the information to them. I, I, my my I'd guess was that, on right? Saturday, maybe Brady himself. My guess on Saturday was that Brady has a a very clear plan of how he's going to do all this. 
whether that's through his brand or through uh, the live podcast or through some massive press conference and announcement, something. And I, I tend to lean towards the reports that say he's upset with them breaking this news ahead of whatever timetable he had planned Who was out. it that put something up? TB12 or Guerrero or somebody put up a like congratulatory tweet that was up maybe for an hour that got taken down. Like they were on board with all of the, oh. the hoopla, and then it got taken down. Well, I, part of me wants Tom Brady just out of spite to decide to oh, play another year. Uh, but he's not going to do that also. No. If he's made up his mind, he's retiring, it's not going to be... No, we'd all love it's that. It's not going to be an early report that's going to cause but, him to say, you know what, I'm going to play an entire but, another, uh, other season but here's <laughs> to prove why, these people wrong. Here's he why I am buying the reports. The Tom Brady who would have seen these reports and it not be true would have been the guy... Cracking jokes on Twitter, you know he's he's it's sending out Facebook. a meme. Yeah, he's putting out um, uh, uh, with him and Gronk in the locker room preparing for the season. Gronk, are you coming back? Because I'm back. You know, there would be something along those lines of some type of social media presence. Let's and we, go for we a second. Seen that. If Schefter was wrong and he co-reported this with Darlington, but let's say it was wrong. Let's say he does come out in the middle of this week and say, you know what, I am playing, or or he sits on it for three weeks and comes back, or a month comes out and say, I'm rested now and I'm, I'm ready to keep playing, whatever. Schefter's wrong. Mm-hmm. Schefter's contract is up, I think, in June, right? There's been a lot of talk about all the gambling uh, sites wanting Schefter. Like, that's the next big place. Not just for, you know, Trey Wingo's with one of them now, but that's different. They want a big-time news breaker to be with one of the gambling apps because you would go to the same place, Chad, to get your – your NFL insider news, and you'd lay a bet while you're there. That's the next step. New York Times is also rumored to be interested in Adam Schefter. If he's wrong on this, what does it do to his stock? Because I think it does nothing. Because he's been wrong on some stuff before, periodically, not big. But I wrote a story about this early in my time as an independent guy. None of these guys say anything when they're wrong. They just go on to the next thing, and nobody gives a damn. I will say his response to how he's wrong with this will say a lot for how people view him moving forward. If it's some weak deal that I put out there, well, he uh, he told people he was retiring, and then he must have changed his mind. If he, says, if he doesn't just come out and say, yeah, I was wrong, it was wrong to try to scoop someone's own retirement announcement in the time, I own it, then I think you can move forward. People will remember it, but you could probably move forward, but he will pay a certain price for that. Um, and if he's right, look, Tom Brady can really help or hurt these guys one way or the other. He could come out and retire next week and then in his press conference say, yeah, I really don't appreciate uh, people getting into something that was a very this personal pride. inter-family deal. I don't appreciate whoever told them that in my inner circle, and I don't appreciate that being out there because I would have liked to have done it my own way. That's going to hurt Schefter and Darlington. We've seen how the sporting public responds to media versus player-coach views. Player wins. That always. is not going to go well for those guys. Now, if Brady comes out and says, yeah, good job by them. I you know, had planned on retiring, and they just apparently had it before, then I think it just goes away. It's yeah. just silence. But I'll go back to risk versus reward. I also don't think this is going to be something we remember these guys for, even if they're right. So I don't know why I would I would not be in a big rush to put it out there and just let the guy announce it if that's what he plans on doing. We're that, have- that's what was weird on the, the – and I want to clarify on the ESPN piece. I'm not saying because they're paid 
or there's agreement they should stay silent on stories. I'm just saying the risk outweighs the reward. Just let the guy announce it. He's already doing a show on your network. Let him announce it how he wants. If it's in that episode, if it's in a press conference, if it's on Twitter or Instagram, let him do it the way he wants. They clearly believe there's no risk. I I clearly believe that he's already done it, and it's in post-production in that last episode of Man in the Arena, and that's how the word got out to Schefter and Darlington because people had eyes and ears on him saying it in that last episode of Man in the Arena. And that's a good point because that was the theory. I brought up the theory of what they were doing was the farewell tour included the trip to Foxborough, telling of his entire career, and it's going to end with his announcement and his decision with Giselle and his kids on camera where he, he makes the announcement that he's he's calling it a career after 22 years. Now, if, if that's how it plays out, then everyone's theory is dead on because, as what Reed is saying, it's in post-production and we know it's going to happen or some people would know it's going to happen and you release it. But at the same time, like that's one that you air live on ESPN I know. and you don't have Schefter break the news before it airs. You own the story anyway. Yeah, get it out quick. Yeah, I, again, like I... I mean, how long I, is post-production for that? You accelerate it. We're going to have plenty of time to go through and give you know thoughts on the career of Tom Brady if, in fact, he retires. But the story of how this story unfolded over the weekend in and of itself is fascinating to me. That was a quick hundo for you. <laughs> I think it was the most interesting thing that happened over the weekend, even with two great games, was this debate and this story about Tom Brady, the GOAT, possibly retiring. Also, though, there's no, there's no like other NFL insider who's reporting the opposite, right? No one, no one's feeding the other side of this, the other crumbs that would lead you to him returning. Like he's he's told the Bucks he's actually. Oh, here's returning. the other thing I would say. Like, for, so I'd go Darlington right up there, and second, I would go um, Wickersham, and Wickersham didn't. Like, uh, I guess he confirmed it in that he wrote a piece about it. A very good insight going back to, like, his first visit with Brady and his last visit with Brady with some telling insight about Brady. I think it kind of ended with, if this is it. But well, it was and, a very good piece. Yeah, but, and he but doesn't he was put also, that out if he doesn't believe it's But we, we talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's also among those who work for ESPN, by the way, that were quiet, not quietly, but they were. It was very subtle. They they were saying, "Oh, we wouldn't be surprised if Brady retires right, after he was he's, in the first after he's, he was there." And Ninkovich was there from ESPN. I think they were Ninkovich, all saying this. I think Ninkovich later backed off. In, in in something I saw from Ninkovich later, who's like, "I won't be surprised if he does, and I won't be surprised if he doesn't," which sounded to me a lot less definitive than what he said the first time. Coming, which is a up, typical kind of player thing to do. We'll discuss. Um, well, the fresh quarterback discussion across the league. It's Stafford and Burrow for the right to claim their first Super Bowl title coming up in Super Bowl 56. We'll discuss the path for Burrow and Stafford and how one more victory shapes how we will define ultimately both careers, young and old. That's next on OutKick 360. Let's talk about Burrow and Stafford, shall we? OutKick 360 rolls on across the OutKick network. Live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Neither Stafford or Burrow had ever won an NFL playoff start coming into the season. But we should know this about Joe Burrow. The guy does not lose in the playoffs. College football playoff, NFL playoff, I believe he's 5-0. 5-0 as a starter 
uh, in, in both playoffs. And he's stepped up and made some big throws and some crucial runs as well to evade pressure and uh, keep plays alive yesterday for Cincinnati. It goes into Arrowhead and wins the AFC Championship. And then Matthew Stafford, who had been tucked away in Detroit in the the bowels of the uh, the NFL uh you know the teams and hidden away from anything postseason related gets an opportunity to go to LA with the Rams a team that's all in for a title the exact opposite of the Lions and has done nothing but step up along the way his play in the postseason uh mirrors that of a guy worthy of the accolades headed his way. They're, they're not winning in spite of his play and his turnovers. They're winning because of how he steps up and has made some crucial throws in all three of these matchups so far. Stafford had a decade head start on Joe Burrow, both to get to this point to where going into this postseason they had not won a playoff game. And Burrow, uh, year two, I just, I think the craziest part is you see Zach Taylor's record as a coach his first two years. And my thought was Joe Burrow is going to be a very good quarterback. It may take three or four years for them to get to the playoffs and for us to really pay attention to Joe Burrow. Heck, I went into this season saying I was wishing, I was almost wishing on a star, a hope and a dream that I could watch Cincinnati and be interested in Cincinnati this year because I wanted to be interested in this team. And it's just so quick. It's all so fast. Well, his He gets play, hurt last year in November. Uh, he was really good leading up to that. They had no protection. They had no pass rush a year ago. And in year two, it hit so quickly. It goes to the point that we've talked about a lot that typically you can get to the middle, from the bottom to the middle quickly. But it usually takes at least another year, another step to get from the middle to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati went from awful, number one pick, bad a year ago, even with Joe Burrow, to the Super Bowl in year two. That's remarkable. Paul, I, I, I've long said I think it's far more difficult to, get, to, to be a three or two win team and jump up to nine. It's more difficult to go from nine to 11, or in this case, 12. Definitely. And, and since he has just flipped the switch to what Chad's saying, and they've done it behind their quarterback who you know played half the season last year before he tore his ACL. He's the comeback player of the year this year off that injury and has done nothing but continue to rise to the occasion. This also makes it incredibly hard for teams who are looking for quarterbacks and the fan expectations because they see the rocket ship that are Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, and they say, well, we should be like that. Not really understanding that, uh, look, look, you can, if you find the right quarterback, go from what you're talking about, crap to good in a relatively short order. But Joe Burrow's a generational guy, and you have to have the number one pick in the right year. We probably weren't talking about him the correct way. We should have been talking about him like we talked about Andrew Luck and like we talked about Trevor Lawrence. Um, and, you know, we don't know yet that Lawrence is going to be that. I, I didn't see enough signs of it, even in a terrible organization with a terrible coach. I don't know how many times we came back and said, hey, did you see that throw Trevor Lawrence made last night? There weren't that many Trevor Lawrence moments in his rookie season. 
There were a lot of them in Joe Burrow's rookie season. Um, so he, he didn't – it's hard to say this in the NFL and related to the draft. In hindsight, there wasn't enough Joe Burrow hype. Well, the, the, the storyline with Burrow was would he pull the Eli Manning and say he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati? And, and prior to that, there was the race for the number one overall pick and how the, the topic was, okay, which team is going to tank for Burrow? And how does he feel about Cincinnati being that team? Would you rather go to the Bengals? Or the, the other team was Washington. Washington picked second in that draft. The Giants were around there somewhere, although they had Daniel Jones. And um, Jacksonville, that was the, Jacksonville went with the cornerback, C.J. Henderson, in the 2020 draft. Uh, and they had two first-round picks. It's gone already. But the, yes, but the, the Jacksonville picked top 10, but they, were, they weren't top five. Point being, there was a topic being had in late 2019 of that season about how you would feel if you're Joe Burrow knowing that Cincinnati was likely going to be the number one overall selection. He was from Ohio. You know, he had originally been to Ohio State transfers to LSU, wins the national title. Does he really want to go to the Bengals, who screw up quarterbacks? And not only does he go there, within uh, year number two, he's taking them on a ride they haven't been to or been on since the 80s. And and the matchup itself is fascinating because I mentioned that Stafford or Burrow had not, uh, they had not won a playoff game combined until this year. Well, if you look at the, the history of the Super Bowl matchup, that's only happened twice. And the other time it's happened where quarterbacks that were experiencing their first wins throughout the entire postseason end up meeting in the Super Bowl was in 1999-2000 when Steve McNair faced off against Kurt Warner. That's the last time it's happened, the only other time it's happened. So 2020 draft, uh, you're right, Hutton. The Giants had the fourth pick. Detroit had the third pick. Detroit. That was uh, the other team we were debating. And they took another corner, Okuda, from uh, Ohio State. Chase Young went second to Washington. So then it was back-to-back quarterbacks at five and six. Tua to the Dolphins, mm. Herbert uh, to the Chargers. I don't know that you would have made a play to get out of Cincinnati, get to Washington, which is also a terrible, a, a terrible organization at any rate. I will say this. Duke Tobin has been with Cincinnati since 1999. Um, he hasn't been in this position. And, and I, I'm not finding in an immediate web search when he got promoted to director of player personnel or whatever he is. Um, I think it's it's been relatively recent, like five, six, maybe eight years. Um, and I think that's been a turning point for the franchise in terms of uh, Mike Brown having had this good sense to put a personnel person in charge of personnel and that that's made it a much healthier organization and they've done smarter things. But obviously, it helps turn a franchise around when uh, – you bottom out, you get a number one pick, and you get a number one pick in the right year. Yep. Right? It, this is not a great year to turn a franchise around with the number one pick. No matter what happens, right, you know, you, you might get a, a great pass rusher, a great cor- a cornerstone guy. Maybe it's a, cornerba- a quarterback that surprises us all, but you're not getting an Andrew Luck or a, or a Burrow uh, or a Lawrence in, in this draft, number one. You're but, just not. But you can find a Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I think you find quarterbacks Though in this first round. I think it's harder round. to I, I find that guy because that, that guy gets a lot you draft. more attention on himself. I think, I think you, you I draft think, that guy and you, you yes, play him behind somebody. It's, it's also dangerous to say you're not going to find that guy in this draft. Why? Justin Herbert went sixth. 
I mean, well, he's possibly on a Hall of Fame path the way he looks in his first couple of years. Patrick Mahomes wasn't the, the number one overall pick. I mean, I get that Burrow was, and I also wonder how much of Cincy's uh, success comes with just l- drafting the ultimate winner in Burrow and listening to him. You think Joe Burrow had some input on Jamar Chase? Oh, I absolutely did. You think Joe Burrow, uh, I mean, and also in the same year, they draft T. Higgins, right? I don't know that he has say over that, but they draft him, they draft Higgins. And the, I mean, drafting they had, they the ultimate winner and building go. around him. Yeah, I mean, it's... At this stage, at this stage of the year that Herbert got drafted sixth, we knew that Herbert was going to be a top fifteen pick in the draft. So, who's the top fifteen pick in this draft that could be Herbert? And I, I'm not pretending to be anywhere on the quarterbacks in this draft. I'm just saying, at this stage of that year, we knew. Oh yeah, there was. You know what I'm un- saying? Yeah, there, there was no doubt that. There were franchise quarterbacks in the 2020 Nobody's draft. sneaking up right. on this in this draft to be that guy is all I'm saying. And I'm no draft Nick, and I've not started to look at those guys in that way or anything. But I also think, like, because of Pat Mahomes, it's far less likely that there's ever going to be a guy that lasts till 11 with a skill set anything like Pat Mahomes ever again. I'm looking at Pro Football Focus mock draft right now. They've got Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati going ninth to Denver uh, as a top 15 pick. Continue to move down the list, see if any other quarterbacks they have going in the top 15. That's it for the top 15 that they have. They've got Sam Howell going 18th to the Saints. Matt Corral going 20th. I mean, those are three top 20 guys. This is just one mock draft I'm looking at right now. If you told me that Desmond Ritter... Matt Corral or Sam Howell turns out to be Justin Herbert, I'd say, yeah, very possible that happens for the right team that drafts that guy. Well, it's, um, it's never I, so. I don't think Burrow is going to happen all the time. You know, the number one pick, pretty clear cut number one guy. A lot of debate about Tua versus Herbert. You know, that was no slam dunk. Uh, the Dolphins would probably like to have that one back no, they would. and draft Herbert, but th- there was a big debate with those guys. Not as much of a, de- a debate with Burrow. That was that Pretty was sort of up. the Andrew Luck setup. You knew all along it was going to be Burrow to Cincinnati. Um, but I, I just I think it's very de- defeatist. It's a defeatist outlook to go into this draft if you need a quarterback saying, "Well, none of these guys are going to be those guys, so why try?" Well, normally though, try normally they're overdrafted, uh, overrated yeah. at the position. So if you're quarterback needy, you're going to take them early. Yes. Even if there's not the burrow or the luck, right, or the or the next guy in line that is going to turn your franchise around, it may take more time. And Chad, I'm all for trying. They've got to take them. Surround them with the best coach you can get. Surround them with the best coordinator, quarterback coach you can get. All the resources, all of that. But history shows too, there's going to be some duds in there, some bad duds. Absolutely. A- absolutely. Speaking of, by the way, Kenny Pickett would be my pick to be a Joe Burrow type. Right. If I were going to pick one of these quarterbacks and say who could hit to a Burrow level, it's Kenny Pickett. And even in style, it's Kenny Pickett. And speaking of Kenny Pickett, he did not have his hands measured today at the Senior Bowl. You know why? (laughs) Because he's double-jointed. And double-jointed, his thumb apparently bends in some sort of awkward fashion. You're measured from your uh, tip of your pinky to the tip of your thumb. That's where you get your hand measurement. And so Pickett is spending um, time each day doing some sort of hand exercises 
to get his thumb to maximize itself. So his double jointedness is going to get this thumb to extend to the maximum point so that at the combine, he will get the best possible measurement for the combine scouts. So at the beginning of March, Pickett's hand will measure better than it would have measured today at the Senior Bowl, and that's when he will get his hands measured. And this ties in with Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow had the famous tweet um, at, in early 2020 uh, whenever there was news coming out that he had very small hands. He said, I would like to formally announce my retirement from football. I am unable to grip the football due to my extremely small hands. <laughs> um, so and, and tweeted that out, and that's making the rounds today with the, the Kenny Pickett story of the, the hand measurement, which no one brings stretch up after the combine or stretch. after the NFL draft is, is complete. And Coming up, Give top indi- bands, individual huh? performers from the NFL weekend, and one of those performers wasn't on the playing field for uh, at either Arrowhead or at SoFi. We'll explain and they're rich because of it. It's next on Outkick 360. Standing ovation to Matthew Stafford as we continue with Outkick 360. Top performers of the NFL weekend, Matthew Stafford. He picked up his fifth win against teams that finished with 10 or more wins this season. Did so yesterday in the NFC Championship game. Why is that important? Why does that stand out? That's the same number that he collected throughout his entire career in Detroit. They beat ten. Win, they beat uh, five teams that had won 10 or more games by the end of the season, the Detroit Lions, over the entire span of Stafford's time as the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. He's done it and matched that same number this year and has done so as he goes to the Super Bowl. And he's done it with the greatest individual season we've ever seen at wide receiver from Cooper Cup. The numbers are extraordinary, and I think it's still getting underplayed. This is the greatest single season, collectively, that we have seen in the history of the sport from a wide receiver. And it's from the guy who's very unassuming when you see him play. You're like, how how does he continue to get open? He's had 12 games this year where he's had more than 100 yards receiving. And and I mean, everything about him, though, is spectacular. Number of catches, number of yards. If you combine regular season postseason no one's done this he just passed michael irvin's record yesterday paul you had the prop that was very successful that felt like easy money it was plus 210 for him to be the leading receiver of the weekend he did that easily in that game it felt like stealing money uh from FanDuel with that that plus 210 for cooper cup that speaks to the greatness of cooper cup this season bengals also top 23 points a little less easily but uh they got there I just had to include the goat of the uh, not the greatest of all time, the actual goat, like the old school meaning. Yeah, uh, Jaquiski Tart. Oh, for, for that drop, which just uh, and we talked about it earlier, but it deserves another mention. Just terrible. I mean, it was a ball like playing catch in your yard. Hit him in the arms, in the hands. You know, it was right at his numbers. Would have changed the whole thing and San Francisco would be going to the Super Bowl today. Very accountable. Tweeted out. You know, can't happen. Devastated. All, all the right things. Sounded like took it the right way, but got to catch it. Well, and then there's McPherson, the kicker for Cincinnati, who just does not miss. He's 12 for 12 now in the postseason. But he's, he, he's a weapon because he's good from 50-plus. And nowadays, teams are more likely to go for it 
if the kick is beyond 50 yards, depending on where they are during the game, then actually send the kicker out there. And McPherson's just money. In the clutch situations, he's not missing. And he has the confidence to run on the field and say, you ready to go to the AFC Championship game? He did that here in Nashville. and I'm, I'm guessing he did something similar yesterday. Yeah, Romo, Romo was guessing that too in a very strange finishing. Well, it was his holder yesterday. Analysis. Uh, Kevin Huber, the holder, looked back and said, we're going to the Super Bowl right before the snap came. And said that put a smile on McPherson's face. On the 31-yarder, that was absolute money for him. Um, 12, I think, was the, is the stat. 12 50-plus yard field goals this season. He's, uh, for McPherson. And he's the reason why they are where they are. Oh, and you look at all these tight games. Five of the six games have been decided by a field goal over the last two weeks. Yeah, here's a stat. This is from Peter King's column this week. 12 field goals of 50 yards or longer in his rookie season. That's more 50-yard-plus field goals in one season than any kicker ever. Hall of Fame lock Adam Vinatieri's high of 50-yard field goals for a season was seven. And in wow. year one, McPherson has 12 in one season. Very impressive. And That's again, amazing. plays in some bad weather places. There are no domes in that division. He is money, and so is this winner from FanDuel with a perfect parlay. I don't know how many times you have to play this to nail this, but there's a sports better that picked the correct score uh, for both of these games. A two-leg parlay where this, uh, this guy put down $20, and this has been confirmed, uh, put down $20 at FanDuel. Uh, and it was actually a $20 bonus, <laughs> so he's probably not even his own cash here. And um, he picked the correct score. Bengals 27, Chiefs 24, Rams 20, 49ers 17. He bet $20 to win over $579,000 Can you get yesterday. that money out if you bet a bonus? Or they make you keep it in there to bet it? Oh, you can cash that out. What a day. <laughs> so uh, this has to be almost what was, just What was a, the odds on that in the top right corner? Plus... Two hundred eighty-nine thousand. What am I reading that right? Or two plus two million? Two million eighty-nine. Maybe I'm seeing an extra Checking zero there. That's twenty-eight million. Twenty-eight million nine hundred fifty thousand. Unless no, I'm adding a zero. It's two million eight hundred ninety-five thousand. Okay, is what it is. Well, I'm having a hard time seeing because of the sun in my face right now. Uh, which I was going to say. I think that these scores were a gift from God. And someone in the YouTube chat said, "Damn, it looks like Hutton and Chad are about to levitate to heaven." Right now, as I watch this show, the daily so basis. it all tied in the the gift from God that the scores to have that it's like someone spoke to you, and then the the heavenly look on us right now. Who knew always sitting to Hutton's right was going to have this benefit of uh, not needing to wear? You sunglasses. stay in the shade the entire time. It's yeah. amazing. Throw shade, stay in the shade. It's uh, almost like we know this is going to happen every day at the same time too. It's weird. Yeah, weird how that happens. It's weird how we know it's going to happen every time, but yeah, um, we continue to allow it to. What happen. we don't know is how many final scores that guy put down like how many times you have to bet that now it still wins like he you know it's still worth it to him but i don't know how many final scores he parlayed together right but you're sweating out that field goal at the end you don't want a touchdown i mean it makes me want to start trying to do this now i see that and i immediately think that's gotta be so hard to do and i'm thinking you know maybe if i put enough numbers together i could eventually get the right ones and then hit on a big one i think it's something swanson could do swanson get on that It's amazing. Jacob Swanson, extraordinaire. Coming up, we'll discuss uh, the NFL coaching movement. There's plenty out there, including with the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. Uh, Jim Harbaugh back in the news with the Vikings. But 
We'll also get into why the Vikings, speaking of parlays, could be paired with another team that was originally mentioned for Jim Harbaugh. There's a story out there from Armando Salguero. And we'll the get Jaguars details there. want to talk to somebody they can't talk to for two weeks. Man, what are the Jags doing? What are the Jags, the Jags doing? Jags jagging. Um, when we come back, though, we'll discuss how this Super Bowl matchup feels a lot different than in years past. And it's not just because of the quarterbacks playing and everything being fresh from the matchup stance. Uh, it has more to do with the outlook on these teams moving forward. That's where we start. Hour number three next on Outkick 360.